Hey there! Are you looking to take your family life to the next level? One where you're in charge and free to set your own hours? You've come to the right place. Each and every week, we share the highs, lows, ups, and downs as we grow our businesses from zero to hero. Welcome to the Nights and Weekends Podcast with Craig Hewitt and Ken Wallace. really great week uh, on the on the business front and on the personal front. Um, I can't believe that I'm saying it, but all of the work of like the processes and the procedures and hiring the right people is really paying off. Uh, so like Podcast Motor is almost entirely self-sufficient at this point, other than sales calls and like the occasional like, you know, hey, this and this and this is just not happening, blah, 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 like real administrative stuff that yeah, a manager or an owner should take care of. Yeah, but I am doing none of the day-to-day stuff. That's literally, fantastic. Literally none of it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So I, I when I work on Podcast Motor, it's uh, working on like our theme and our our plugin, and working on like marketing for it. Yeah, and doing sales calls and a little bit of marketing and growing the team or, or managing the team. Managing the team is kind of what I should be doing and we yeah. are always going to have kind of work around that but um yeah it's really great and it's it's changed my perspective on it a lot because like uh I've probably veiled it a little bit but it, it's when you run a service business and you're doing a lot of the service it's really hard yeah but when you run a service business and you're able to focus on running the business and not doing the work it's actually kind of nice you have arrived, man. You're on the other side of the hill. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, close, right? I mean, I, I, I see, I see what you know, Brian Castle and uh, you know some of these guys talk about, where like they run the business and the business kind of runs itself. Um, yeah, that's a bad, it's a bad analogy, but but if you're not in the weeds, it's not, it's not a terrible business. Yeah, kind of like uh, what Michael Gerber said in Emith. You know, it's uh, it, you're, you're working on the business, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's interesting. It's given me, and I, so you and I are in a little bit in the same position. It's given me some some time to think about, like, what what do I really want to do? You know, like, what yeah. do I just want to take and inject steroids into podcast mode or make it twice as big as it is, or is it kind of where it needs to be? Which is kind of how I'm leaning. And like, it's <clears throat> from a personnel standpoint, we're at a really good spot right now. We can grow about twenty five percent probably. Um, but do you need to kind of pivot into other sort of tangential markets and get into things that scale better than service? Um, so I don't know. It's cool to be able to think about it without having to sort of be in the weeds all the time. Oh, that's really, that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's been just a really refreshing week. So how do you go about making those next decisions? Is there any framework you use or you just like think of ideas and, and like think through the business models? Do you go through financials? How, how do you make the next decisions? Uh, it's like a, a case study type uh, analysis. Like I look at, you know, I've talked about this offline, but like I look at the people that that we all kind of know in this world and, and think about like the types of businesses they run and if they've exited what that looks like because that's uh-huh. that's kind of the signal of like a really healthy business being able to sell it um, for, from my perspective. Uh, and so because if you're able to sell it, then it's an asset. If you're not able to sell it, then it's a job, you know. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> so I look at like s- products, really a- any kind of products as being things that are, are sellable. Um, and I look at my friends and people we know that, that run these kinds of businesses and, and, you know, what are they doing right? And, and, and can I kind of cherry pick 
a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of the other and kind of build what is like an ideal business. It's something that, that doesn't require like daily input for yeah. sure. Um, and probably doesn't have a huge team because that requires daily work and maintenance. Um, but I don't, um, and, and is definitely evergreen for me. You know, it has to be really, really, really pure business and not something that's at all sort of trendy or a fad. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a, that's a bad framework, but, but I mean, it, it, all roads kind of lead to, um, uh, a digital product of some sort. Um, probably software just because I feel better about myself about selling something that actually does something instead of like a, a training course or something. Um, it's just kind of my style, I guess. And, mm -hmm. uh, within that, I, I think that if I'm going to build something, it has to, uh, it has to be something that a lot of different types of people can get value from. That's deep. I like it. I like yeah. it. I don't know. What about you? I mean, I know you're, you're in the same boat, right? You're thinking about like, all right, so Nuggets kind of over and Mastermind Jam is on cruise control, give or take. What's, uh, what's your f framework for how you're thinking about next steps? Well, I've been running um, some kind of scenarios, right? So I've been for a long time keeping a lot of notebooks of uh, various business ideas. And so what I've been doing is I've been going through the more promising ones that, you know, feel interesting and they align kind of like with my lifestyle and how much time I have to give them. And then I, I, uh, I've been working up the numbers on each one, just saying, okay, if I offer a $29 a month subscription here and then there's a tier pricing and, and if I can drive this many, you know, people into the top of the funnel and I can get this conversion rate, what do those numbers look like? And I've been doing that kind of financial analysis on the various business ideas. Um, because I don't want to spend a lot of time working on something that I think is tech, you know, technically feasible and it's something I can do. Um, and I think a couple people want it, but really what I want to look at is at the end of the day, is it actually worth taking a swing at, you know, on both sides of the coin? Yeah. Yes. For any idea you want to get product market fit, but I, I still think it's entirely possible for a dipshit like me to get product market fit on a business. That's not a good fit for me. Does that mm -hmm. make any sense? No, no, no. Yeah, it has to swing, uh, swing both ways, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And um, I could accidentally create a product that's valuable to people that I still can't make a sustainable business. You, you were close to doing this before, right? With Nugget. Yeah. Well, you know, I hate to say that because Justin's still working on Nugget, and he still thinks there's, you know, for for you though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's for it's you. not. It's not, a, yeah, Nugget was not a perfect fit for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to, it's, in some ways, Mastermind Jam in its current state is like that too. So part of the modeling, um, um, I'm working on, like, other directions I could go with Mastermind Jam. And so those things are kind of mixed in there too. And to, um, to make this far less abstract, I'm using a piece of software called Poindexter, poindexter.com, and we can link it up in the show notes. And what it allows you to do is business plan in some cases. So it walks you through what your project assumptions are, um, how you're going to gain customers, you know, what the revenue stream is for each of you know for each of um, the like, kinds of customers that you're going to approach, um, how you're going to monetize everything, what your costs are going to be, at what point do you want to start adding employees, what's the cost of employees, what's the percentage of their salaries go to benefits. I mean, like it's a really in-depth modeling tool. You can you know a model. Um, model all kinds of sales channels, all kinds of expenses, all kinds of costs, fixed costs, and, 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 and costs that go into the cost of goods sold and all that, those kinds of things. And then it dumps out kind of a financial analysis, and you can kind of keep tweaking the numbers 
um, to see what it would look like in different scenarios. And it also shows you, okay, for this kind of business, if you want to uh, attain this kind of growth, here's how much initial investment you need. So it like works backwards and tells you, well, you know, if you're going to do this kind of paid you know, marketing campaign, then you're going to need to have 17 grand up front to, to, to kick it off and that kind of thing. Hmm. And then, and then on the back end, it says, okay, after three years, you'll have a business that's worth this much that you could either, you know, keep it or sell it for this multiple. And then you can tweak what the multiples are, but it, by default, it goes with what's going, you know, for industry averages. Um, <clears throat> so it's like a really interesting, you know, like front to back preview, you know, and all, it's all based on assumptions, right? So I put in some like really conservative numbers for, for everything. Like what if I can get just a minimum number of customers at that really bad conversion rate with a high churn rate? You know, what would this look like uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, for a really shitty business just starting out struggling? What would that look like? How long would that road be for each of these kinds of business ideas? So anyway, poindexter.com, it's a really good tool for some modeling. Um, so, so yeah. sorry, it's it's get Poindexter. Uh, Poindexter.com is a kids clothing store. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I got the URL. Getpoindexter.com. Yeah, right. no, it's fascinating. Um, and I think there's a free plan. I actually paid because I found it so valuable. And then if you pay, you can actually print out really nice PDF reports and um, like almost like a prospectus, so that you can approach um, potential like angel investors and things like that with with the results of your planning. Um, or just work it into your pitch deck or whatever you need to do. It, yeah. it can download all the data as CSVs, and then you'll see like your P&L report and your and your like um, your anticipated um, um, you know income report and your um, profit loss statements, um, all all the financials that you know the numbers people are going to want to see in a business plan um, to approach somebody about um, adding cash to the idea. But a lot of the ideas I'm kicking around, you know it. There's a little box that says how much initial investment required, and a lot of them say zero for the for what I'm kicking around in there. Hmm. Um, so, what just but, uh, generally, what kind of ideas are you knocking around? Well, there's all kinds of stuff from uh, moving Mastermind Jam to a monthly membership model, where I have instead because right now it's very black box, right? It's all closed off, and you put money in one side, and you sit and wait and twiddle your thumbs, and eventually I introduce you to some strangers, right? So. I would love to make that a, a radically different, more open, transparent model. Mm-hmm. But that takes some work and it takes some money and that takes some time. And I just want to see if that's even worth it. You know, where once you sign up, you can go see the groups that are needing members, you know, um, other members that are in the system. It's a central place where you can hold your meeting, keep your notes, keep everything organized um, with um, um, appointment scheduling tools to help you, you know, schedule meetings and, and keep on track that way with reminders that help you stay on task between meetings. Um, and then also tools inside the mastermind meeting to help you stay on agenda and make sure that you get everything out of the, every meeting that you need. And then some uh, NPS type things on the back end of after meeting is over, how did that meeting go? You know, where are the good and bad points where I can get some, A, I can get some engagement numbers from my customers, you know, real time as you know during the life of their meeting mm-hmm. but i can also help groups that seem to be struggling so once i start seeing indicators and smoke signals from different groups that you know the members aren't getting everything out of the group that they need uh, i can direct them to you know either email training or hands-on training or offer like you know um, some you know, like me or somebody like me sits in the, the meeting and helps them get back on track or uh, video course or you know whatever that might be that help might look like 
um, but actually be involved more in the customer life cycle. Because right now it's just kind of like I, I set them on the journey and I hope they get there. Right, right. right. Kick them out the door and see what happens. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very much a message in a bottle right now. And I don't know where, where that message goes if it even gets to its destination. Um, occasionally I hear back from people saying it's going great. Occasionally groups CC me on their emails where they're taking notes and they're you know, letting me know what's going on in the meetings. But um, it's definitely it feels like if I'm going to continue running it, I need to – make sure that I'm actually adding value. That's just kind of a personal dilemma I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, once I have a system like that set up, that's something that I can also, I, I don't want to use the word white label, but it's um, something I can take a step back and market it to people that run mastermind groups um, that are not peer-driven, and they can put their logo on it and um, manage their mastermind group business through this same kind, because they need all of that too. Because if if they have tools that help ensure that a mastermind group is success, successful and, and stays engaged, that means they have more testimonials they can use the next time they open the doors for their closed launch and you know blah, blah, blah. Everybody makes more money. Everybody gets better outcomes from the mastermind group meetings themselves. Yeah, and you know it's uh, matchsticks and chewing gum with the, that stuff right now. I mean they're, they're cobbling it together with Trello and Google Docs. And- Oh yeah, gibberish. I mean, no offense oh, to those guys. I know. I know. No, they're doing their best. Yeah. But there's really nothing great out there right now. And um, so, even if having something like that in the offering doesn't move how many people sign up per month, and it doesn't move conversion rates, and it doesn't move the needle at all in my business, but if it could just even out the cash flow a little bit, if someday I go to sell Mastermind Jam, you know, the 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 fact that Today, I would be selling just this matching algorithm and the email you know, automation tools that I use to make that happen. Whereas in the future, if I had a software component and going to sell that, that's a much higher multiple, even if the, all the revenues are equal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? No, no, yeah, yeah. So that just means um, a little bit more work up front for me, all, all things being equal, even if my traffic doesn't, even if I, if even if traffic doesn't increase, even if I keep underperforming on my marketing execution, even if all these other things stay the same, at, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm providing more value in, in a sale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just to me kind of an, you know, a leverage kind of thing. So I run that through the model. Other things I was looking at is um, um, businesses that range from um, um, tools that help um, sailboat charter companies. I've still got that on mind. Um, I talk about that a lot in different um, um, internet forums I'm a part of and things like that because um, that's kind of a big industry that goes on in the Caribbean and in the South Pacific that um, their tools are really rudimentary and they do a shitty job of customer support and customer onboarding and and some things like that that um, they could really they could really benefit from tools for that. I think an, an interesting aspect of that is uh, a low tech audience and low-tech customers mm-hmm. is very different than what you and I deal with every day. Yeah. Just, uh, it's, that's just a, a, a thought and, and a, 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 a nice part of that, I think. The, the adoption might be a little lower than well, and, uh, yeah. email marketing software, but um, I think overall your, your marketing message can be a lot simpler. Yeah. There's well, less intelligent there, competition probably. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. It's very rudimentary right now. You send a, you know, you either call or you send an email to these. It's not travel agents so much, but these like um, booking agents. And um, and then once you book a trip, um, it's really confusing. Um, all the things that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this, this, the last company that we used, they needed about seven different documents returned to them from the captain of the boat. And then for every crew member, there was three or four different documents that you had to fax back. But they, for whatever reason, they couldn't tell you all that stuff up front, right? Yeah. And no, so, it, yeah. yeah, in the instructions, it was just like, oh, make sure you have all, all your documents in. And me being conscientious, I called him up and said, hey, you know, what else do I need? I just faxed this back. Oh, well, how about this other document? Okay, great. You know, send it over and I'll, I'll fill it out and fax it back. And you know, it was like a week before the trip, if I hadn't called to follow up, you know, we wouldn't have been able to take our trip. There would have been a, a, a serious problem where we would not have been able to, to check out our boat because um, they didn't tell us that we hadn't filled out all the documents. There was no online portal that says, hey, fill out these 14 things, have each of your crew members fill out these, these things, um, check everything off the list, and you're all, you're all ready to go. None of that. You should try uh, moving your family to another country that doesn't speak English. Uh, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And, well, some of it is that kind of a problem, right? So like uh, one of the agencies on Tortola that we went through, and it's like, you know, it's very laid back. And it's just like, it'll, it'll work out, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no sense of urgency. I was like, no, 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 no. You know, each of us are paying multiple thousands of dollars. We want to make sure that right. once we get off the plane, there's no hiccups, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so things like that, um, all the way to like some affiliate sites I'm thinking of, of starting. I don't know why, but I just want to try it. Um, and I'm not dealing with a ton of time, so it's gotta be kind of worth the time. So, um, I've been doing some research there, things like so, that. So, you know, on the, on the affiliate and content side of things, I have to say, uh, the, the appeal and I, I totally hear where you're coming from. The appeal there is like, there's, uh, less risk probably right because you're not yes. spending tons of time and money investing in like development and all this kind of stuff you're just going to write articles and launch a site and get a little bit of traffic the, the the argument i have against it is well one all the sort of people that i consider really smart uh in this world are are not doing that as their main business um but but two the market is rewarding product driven businesses much more than content driven yeah that's true and that's that's the market kind of telling you the the secondhand market of of sites and businesses telling you it's not worth as much as a, a SaaS business you know a course business or a book business or whatever the a thing that sells things e-commerce even right e-commerce yeah. is somewhere in between SaaS and and content or affiliate um I, i'm not i'm not arguing against it because i i own some and there's the, uh, an argument to be said for you just write an article and it makes twenty dollars a day. That's yeah. not a bad deal. Um, but I think if you look at, you know, we both have families and people that rely on us to build a business that's going to last through the next Google update or Amazon changing their affiliate terms or whatever. Um, it's not where I'm going to park my boat. You know. Well, yeah, um, and it's also not like a long term good fit for what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Right. There's no, yeah. there's no moral imperative to hiring some, you know, VAs to crank out articles, um, and you know, doing long ter tail keyword research and trying to target and make authority sites that do this and that. I mean, to me, um, it's pretty mundane. Um, also, you know, one of the guys in my mastermind group, he had a had a business that was making seventy k a month doing this kind of stuff, and uh, a couple twists in Amazon's affiliate terms and a couple twists in Google algorithms, and it's you know, nothing goes to yeah. zero, right? Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I have a, you know, I have a short term goal that I have to meet, which is find some way to, um, generate freedom income. 
Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. and I don't know that it's wise to just limit my um, endeavors to things that only benefit the long-term goal. Um, if it wouldn't be wiser to just do some things to generate revenue to get me off the, you know, the, the current situation so then I can focus on the long-term thing. Does yeah. that make sense? No, yeah. I mean, I think that there's, there's no sense in thinking that you're going to do anything for any one thing for five years. Right. That's max, total max. Two, two years to five years, I think, is, is what you should expect out of a, yeah. a venture. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't have the answer. I don't know what's next. But, I, you know, it's like I'm just exploring a lot of options. Mm-hmm. So that, um, that tool at getpointdexter.com that helps with just like forecasting some things because it's one thing for me just to kick around these ideas – but it's another thing to actually have some um, concrete projections that I can like point to when I'm discussing this with my wife. You know what I mean? Um, it helps me at least formulate a game plan a little easier um, of whether or not there, there's any kind of reward in, in the in the time spent. So that's that's what's going on in the in the Wallace household right now. Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. This Poindexter thing is is tripping me out. I like it. Yeah, you know, and I don't hear about it talked about. Um, in our circles enough, so let's get the word out about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, these guys deserve it for sure. Yeah, it's it's a really thorough tool, and so I emailed them, and they they're really responsive. I emailed uh, about a couple things. I'm like, how do I how do I calculate for churn for in the life of the customer, and how do I uh, account for affiliate revenue here? And, and so, it, like, shot me an email back in like five minutes about how mm. to do both things, you know, and um, and also told me about some updates that they're making, and and some things are going to be a little easier in the future, and. Um, but it handles product businesses, it handles subscription businesses, it handles businesses where you're holding inventory and not holding inventory, and businesses where you have a lot of capital expenses versus no capital expenses. Like, it's really flexible. Hmm. Um, and yeah, can you do all this stuff in Excel? Sure. You know, um, but you got to make sure all your formulas are right and everything's linked up correctly and you don't forget anything. And this has just got everything ready to go. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a, a prelude to, uh, to uh, a project that I'm going to start working on, talking about uh, if it can be done in a spreadsheet, it can be done in an app. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's. I think Patrick McKenzie said that at a couple, uh, couple microcomps ago. If you're looking for a business idea, go into any business, and if you see the use of a spreadsheet, that's a business opportunity. Yeah. If anybody is transferring information from one employee to another or just keeping track of stuff in a spreadsheet uh, where anybody else in the organization might need to open that spreadsheet and make a change, that's a business. Um, that's a SaaS business. And yeah, it sounds really boring, um, but that's a business, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. I don't think it's specifically uh, if they're using a spreadsheet, then it's a business. It's, it's that they think it's important enough to spend time and money on, right? And that translates into a, being a business. Yeah, I'm that's not a, saying that the spreadsheet, of, yeah. Yeah. your app yeah. doesn't necessarily have to take the place of Excel. It's just, it's definitely a, a huge red flag. they're using yeah. Excel for, yeah. Yep, it's just a flare that says, hey, I've got a problem here that I'm using Excel to solve. Because Excel's really hard to use to solve any problem, right? So if they care enough about a problem that they're opening up Excel, and especially if they're doing things with like formulas and macros and you know, multiple tabs and stuff like that, you know this is a huge pain in their ass in their business and has to get done um, right. That's why they're spending so much time on it. So, yeah, there's a business problem there. So I've been uh, I've been learning to program this week with my you know newfound sort of free time on my hand. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So which language did you go with? Uh, so I'm going to learn Python. Sweet. Uh, against your and a lot of my uh, other friends' 
suggestions. Uh, I'm not learning Rails, and uh, yeah, I I well, I feel like it did uh, my due diligence on on everything. I um I looked at PHP and Laravel. I looked at Rails. Uh, okay, so first of all, I think I'm not going to become like the next great programmer, right? But I want to be able to like put something together to show somebody to say this is kind of what we're talking about, and mm-hmm. maybe it takes a few weeks to put together the basic kind of you know, log in and this is the thing and blah blah blah. blah. Um, as someone who's learning, uh, in rails, there seems to be a lot of like, you do this and then magically out the other side pops, you know, a violet. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's learning and, and, and just knowing how I've learned computer science and engineering school, like I need to know that like one plus one is two, not like one plus one is 643, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and no one will argue against that in rails, I think. So, so, uh, and then PHP and Laravel, I feel like um, I felt like just wasn't quite mature enough, and a lot of people probably laugh at that. But but Python is very sort of explicit. It's just like this is it. There's one way to do it. Here you go. The community is small relative to the other two. Um, but uh, yeah, our friend Adrian Rosebrock, I talked to him. You know, he's a huge Python guy. He's like, look, man, it's great. There's giant, huge, wonderful sites built on Python and Django yes. and you're you're not going to go wrong right you're not going to go wrong with Rails Django or Laravel so I, I yeah it's not a small I wouldn't say it's a smaller community it's just a quieter community there's not so much um, especially in our world yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah Python's beautiful man like as a programming language it's just it's it's simple and clean and beautiful yeah um, like you know if you ever code in um, C++ or uh, any of the Microsoft languages or you're coded in Java, uh, you know, it can get really messy and ugly and <laughs> kind of grody to work with. It's not, it's not a joy to work with. And Python can be a joy to work with. Yeah. So, you, you know, do, I, what do you do like programming wise for work? What do you In the do? day job, we are Microsoft stack. So we do everything from classic ASP, which is a lot like PHP, um, to .NET. So mm-hmm. that'll and we do some things still in low-level C++, but it's mostly either C-sharp, VB.net, or classic ASP in what we do. Um, I have personally written some stuff that integrates with our Microsoft stuff in Java. Um, so, and uh, I think that's, yeah, in this day job, that's that's all I've used. Nice. But um, yeah. other, other lifetimes, I've done other languages. But, uh, yeah, right now we are Microsoft Certified Gold Partner, and... Uh, so we stick close to that. What is that? I mean, just curiosity. What does that mean, really? <laughs> doesn't mean shit. Doesn't mean shit. It means you give them a lot of money and they it, give you a yeah. badge. Yeah. Supposedly they send business your way. Doesn't. I've yet to seen it work. Um, there are a couple partners that get a lot of business that way, and everybody else goes hungry. Mm. Um, but yeah, you give them a lot of money in exchange. You um, that money does pay for a lot of great, sweet deals on technology that you would normally pay through the nose for. Mm-hmm. For like copies of SQL Server and copies of all the development environments and copy of um, you know all the server stacks of you know Exchange and different things like that, um, um, SharePoint uh, and things like that. So um, it can work out um, being a certified partner just for you know getting twenty employees um, using the Microsoft stuff. Mm-hmm. It's worth the investment. Um, and then we there's a whole set of enterprise clients that are Microsoft stack. So that's like an instant qualifier, you know. So, yeah, sure. we're, you know, instead of hiring some guy in his basement that could do .NET if, if you asked him to, well, how about this this company that just has a big badge on their side that says we're a gold partner, mm-hmm. certified by Microsoft, and all of our um, 
um, developers uh, have Microsoft certifications that they keep up to date and things like Street that. Street cred. Yeah, I mean, so it's like a pay-to-play kind of a thing. In addition, we do do some um, Oracle work, um, but I, there's a whole different kind of customer for Oracle versus Microsoft SQL Server. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's competitive at all, but uh, um, it's becoming a bigger part of our business. I know that. But so, so, so doing, sorry, going going back to your Poindexter stuff. What uh, what do you think the, the 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 timeline and the process looks like for evaluating this? And I know you want to take some time after Nugget kind of uh, wrapped up, but what's what's the the vision look like? You think? Well, now that the kids are back in school, I've got a couple of these hypotheses in Poindexter mm-hmm. that um, look like um, some some look more promising than others. I got I'm looking at one model here, and I'm I'm. I'm still poking at it to figure out where I went wrong because it says that in three years I could have a business that I could sell for $1.2 million. And I'm like, what? Oh, Wait. No. <laughs> yeah. no way. So I, you know, I need to go back through my assumptions and make sure I, I get everything right. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I don't know, a couple more weeks, a few more weeks. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of boring to talk about on the podcast, but it really is a matter of, do I want, do I want to hang out with these Customers? Is this a customer base I, I resonate with? You know, with Mastermind Jam, I clearly do. Um, I keep going to businesses that affect like the luxury sailing or charter sailing market because I fucking love sailing. Um, and then um, there's all kinds of other stuff like school supplies, business my wife wants me to help her set up. That's not like a total Ken show. That would be kind of in conjunction with the wife. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before and uh, have yet to take even the first step on that. Um, but we're running through some business models on that to even see if it's worth our time. Um, so, you know, I would say another two weeks um, and I'm, I will have a plan of action for at least what the next steps are. And the sort of short term goal is replacing enough of your day job income to, to sort of pull the trigger and go full time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. That's the you know that's that's what we're evaluating here is um, which business can do that mm-hmm. and it doesn't I don't I don't need it to be the forever business I I know we've talked about before if you've only got so many trips to the plate so many at bats in life why even waste it on doing something you don't want to do forever but there are some short short term realities right you just can't stop paying your mortgage you can't you know. The kids have to have lunch money at school and buy books. And, you know, there's just realities that you, you just got to plan for. So um, go to, go to send, send your kids to uh, school in France, man. They eat four-course lunch every day. Really? Amazing. They have an hour and a half for lunch. So my son is going to Montessori school now. So that costs about as much as the schooling, the public schooling does for the other three kids combined. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, he's eating high on the hog right now. He's going to have a rude awakening when he goes back into, uh, we call it general population, when he goes back into public school. For sure, yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Um, it it gets expensive. So Yeah, Yeah, no doubt. Like, you know, the wife wanted to get a fucking dog. So now, what what do you need when you have a dog? Well, you need to get a fence on your yard, right? It's like, ah. Oh. So, uh, I, in fact, right now, I, I just heard the truck pull up. About $5,000 worth of fencing material is being dropped off in my driveway. Um, yeah, I mean, stuff happens like that. It's like the trappings of the consumer society, you know. Some of it we can get away from. Some of it we really can't. I told my wife, I was like, you know, there's a really cheap way to, to, to deal with this fence problem. She's like, what? Tell awesome. me. 
We just get rid of the dog. (laughs) Arson is a very extreme way to get rid of a dog, Craig. Oh, I meant the fence. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We can just give her away to a loving home or you choose. (laughs) No, 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 no. Yeah. So, man. So you're right. I mean, I I don't want to, I don't want to preach too much, but you guys really, when the time comes, right, to pull the trigger, you really should look at, and I know there's some circumstances where you can't just kind of totally get away, but like we are seeing such different ways of doing things here. It's, it, we're three and a half weeks in still blowing my mind, you know, like people here, we live uh, about an hour from Mont Blanc, like the biggest, it's the biggest mountain in Europe and the biggest kind of ski area in Europe, right? Okay. About half the people we've met here in our little through like 3,500 people village have chalets in the mountains and they live in um, like 90 square meters, 1,200 square feet with like four kids. I like it. Right. It's like, okay, during the week, think about it. What do you do during the week? You get up, you have breakfast, the kids go to school, you go to work, you come home, you do homework, you watch TV, you go to bed. And on the weekend, you're like, let's go fucking do something. So they all go to the mountains on the weekend. Would you not rather have a really sweet like chalet in the mountains to spend your weekend than your suburban home? No question. Have I told you? I I think I've told you what our long-term plan is, right? No. Uh-uh. Um, our, our long-term plan is to live on a boat full time. Yeah, I know. That's amazing. And, yeah. and during hurricane season, we either go and sail our boat to like a, what they call a hurricane hole where we can weather the storm or we anchor it and um, let it ride the storm out by itself. And we go to a condo or something, you know, a verbo or, you know, a villa on shore out of the hurricane belt. Yeah. yeah. But um, we like seriously to the point where, you know, we have alerts set up that alert our phone when certain kinds of boats come available and things like that. Um, So we can watch how much they're selling for and um, things like that. Um, It's so, it's so much easier than, it seems like in an uh, abstract thought, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't want to say like we've done it, but I mean, we've, we've done like we're living in France and our kids are going to a French school and like it's not more expensive or significantly harder or anything, you know? Yeah. And you yeah. just say like, okay, we have this much money to spend and we want to live like this and you got to just make those two things meet up some. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing. I, 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 I look at all of our friends that are still in the rat race, you know, like I was talking to someone from work yesterday and he was like, how the fuck are you doing this? I was like, what do you mean? How the fuck am I doing this? I'm spending less money on rent than I was in Louisiana. Yeah. I don't pay anything for my kids to go to school. Uh, I'll pay a little more in taxes than I would if I was in the States, but we have one car because we walk almost everywhere. Uh, and our health insurance is half of what it would be if we lived in the States. Yeah. And it's better. Yeah, when I when I evaluate business ideas, I look for something that I can operate from a laptop, um, digital nomad style, um, wherever we might be, yeah. um, with spotty internet. Um, nah, the spotty internet's tough, man. You got to have good internet. Well, the cool thing is one of our favorite places to take a boat is the BVI, and there's no place without Wi-Fi there. Which is there's good and bad to that, right? But um, it's fantastic either Wi-Fi or 4G everywhere you go. Um, it's, <laughs> you know, um, the hard part is figure out how we're going to get from here to there. Uh, like, you know, we've got four kids. Um, we've got three of those kids have to stay close to the ex-husband. So visitation and such. Mm-hmm. So we are still, I mean, it's a really hard puzzle to figure out and we're working on it. But uh, like my son, 
good chance he's going to spend a lot of years during his schooling years um, going to a school that's either like, you know, French or Dutch or British. Yeah, that's amazing, man. From an island somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) St. Martin, you know, whatever. Whatever it might end up being. Mm -hmm. And the girls may just have to fly to see us. Um, So They'll love it, man. That's great. That's such a cool story for them, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go into too much, but uh, we spent a lot of money on litigation just to to keep things fair and even. And uh, that will be another big battle. So that's one yeah, of the things holding crazy. us back. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, you got to, you know, a lot of this is like, um, you know, you're planning for something after you've already, you've, you've already shackled yourself down. So now you're planning your escape. It's really hard. Like if we were smarter and 20 years ago, we would have done a lot of things differently, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, it's like, here's, here's a place in the world where we're really happy and we can thrive. And we, we have examples of people that are doing what we want to do. So how do we go from here to there? Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly yeah, and I think that that's that go, goes back to what we were saying about like how do you evaluate what your you want your business to look like? Is you you look at your friends that are doing it already, yeah, and what what part of that can you model? Yep, and then you have to consider a little bit of like can I do that right? <laughs> like can I whatever run a a software company not being yeah. a developer? Maybe prob probably not as well, but maybe uh you know can someone run a huge content site? Probably not as well as a lot of other people, but uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, are you going to be the next Steve Jobs from a uh, you know a chalet in the you know or uh, from a sailboat in the Caribbean? I don't know. You know, working don't, by yourself as a digital be. nomad. Be, that, right? yeah, exactly. That's not really my vision. And um, you know, it's come up obviously because my father-in-law is selling his sign-making business. Like, well, shit, you want to be in business for yourself? Just fucking buy that business, and like, you can start tomorrow. And you know <clears throat> that. To me, sounds like putting down even more roots in a lifestyle I don't want. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a very location-dependent business. And it's a lot of um, interpersonal networking and relationships among other local businesses who buy from you. You know, it's um, it's not like a worldwide business. It's a local business. It's local SEO. It's lo- you know, local glad handing, local chamber of commerce meetings. It's um, even fewer opportunities to take a vacation. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's not about the money. Because the money's fine. It's 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 a it's I don't know. It's like how do you want to live your life kind of thing. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's such a that's such on on one hand that's such an appealing thing. Cause, I mean, if you were really sort of sure you were going to be there, that would be such a great deal. You know, oh, it's yeah. so easy. You got uh, to to you know sort of take what you know of online and and turn it into a local business marketing plan. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you you don't want to live there forever and do that, so that's really bad. Yeah, in terms North, of business Northwest forever. Indiana is not my dream location, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, Governor um, um, Donald Trump, running mate here, is you know, while it's a better state to live in than say Illinois, uh, it's you know, it's just not my dream location, not my dream climate. Um, so, is is Donald Trump gonna win? Do and I we don't get a whole lot. He's uh, narrowed his – the odds are looking better and better. Still, it's got uh, – the odds of winning are like around 20 – depending on which poll you like, 25 to 30 percent odds of winning, which is considerable, right? That's not – That's amazing. <laughs> it was like down in the single digits um, right yeah. after the conventions happened. And then she got pneumonia or something, right? I mean, yeah, and she tripped and got pneumonia and like uh, – <laughs> it's, it's like – 
you know, people are like, well, she doesn't smile enough. But, you know, it's like this double standard. It's like such sexist comments are coming out about her. Nobody's really fully scrutinizing him. Um, I heard one person say it was the, uh, the bed of nails effect, right? If you, if, you, if you lay down on one nail, it hurts like shit. But if you lay down on a bed of nails, it's fine, right? Mm-hmm. And Trump says so much shit. Any single one of things, any single one of those things would have disqualified any candidate in previous election, right? And any single one of those things, if Hillary Clinton said, would have disqualified her. Yeah. But he just spews this stuff in mass every day. And it's just like the media's just like, well, Donald's making a lot of statements today. And then just go on right. with the other ones, right? And it's just like. <laughs> the geyser how, of bullshit is full today. Yeah. yeah. It's like they treat him, his coverage like a reality show and her co- coverage like a beauty pageant. And it's it's not fair, but it's just the way it's going. And it's I don't think there's some concerted media conspiracy. I just think they're all at a loss of how to deal with this kind of a of a, of a news cycle. Um, so it's going to be so interesting. It's affecting, uh, it's affecting politics here. So the French election is in January, January, February, uh-huh. yeah. uh, and the the current president is what we'd say liberal. You know, and yeah. and so they're saying like if Trump wins. Then uh, the late there's a lady who is like ultra conservative. Uh, she'll definitely win here, just because it's really? whatever three months later. You know, so it mirrors it mm-hmm. the French mm-hmm. politics. Yeah, so the up. U.S. sort of politics scene huh. uh, drives on. And so, like uh, in Germany, Merkel, who's been like the chancellor forever now. Yeah, Angela Merkel, very popular and very good. Right, is getting her ass whooped. Huh. Uh, by some sort of you know what we call conservative. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy! It's uh, it's it's one of the most exciting things about living here, uh, for Amanda and I is watching the election from here. Yeah, like, <laughs> we can laugh a little, right? Because we're not like gonna be part of it in particular. But uh, yeah. I, mean, I think Hillary will win, which is uh, not good, right? I mean, I, neither are I, good. They're both flawed. Yeah, yeah, neither are good. But it's it's a testament to just like how bad that job is. You can't get someone who's really a wonderful person to run for it. Mm-hmm. Like the the thought that Michael Bloomberg was going to run was like, that would be oh. the best fucking thing ever. Like, I can't believe, I can't believe someone didn't just, not that he needs it. Just say, Hey, here's, you know, 20 million go win. You know, there's yeah, somebody plenty of the other day with 20 million to, that would want him to win. Right. Somebody was talking about the other day. They should just like have a huge media campaign to draft, like just, obligate somebody that everybody loves to run as a third party. Like, let's get Tom Hanks to fucking run, right? Like, who would not vote for Tom Hanks over yeah. these two? Yeah. Yeah. You know, even though if he's not qualified at all, has no opinions about anything, but it's just like, just run. Or Michael Bloomberg or somebody with some cash in, in the bank, you know? Ashton Kutcher, you want to run for president? Let's do it. Let's make it happen. No, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, nah. it's the least transparent uh, of, of, you know, both candidates are the least transparent of any candidate um, in a long time. No media press corps that flies with either candidate, which is the first time in like what fifty years. Oh years. right, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, they usually fly with a pool of reporters that just are like with them twenty four seven. But no, not these people. Uh, Very interesting. Interesting. So we just turned off uh, two of our eight listeners. Jewish. <laughs> Welcome. <Fuck them. laughs> oh man, cool. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, I'm. Uh, it's it's bedtime for the kiddos, so I'm gonna scramble. Yes. Uh, or scram, I guess. I'm going to scram. Get kids off the bus here. Kids yeah. are coming up. It's going to get loud. Uh, it's good to chat, man. And I'll, uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Yes, definitely. Yep. All right, man. Cool. Later. Later.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Nights and Weekends podcast with Craig Hewitt and Ken Wallace. To stay up to date and learn more about balancing your family and your startup, visit www.nightsandweekendspodcast.com. We'll catch you next time. 